You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Rain. Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Welcome to Mission Lab. My name is Camille Brace and I'm here with my husband, Sean, and this is episode 12. And today's episode is entitled, All You Need Is Love? Question mark. Indeed, it is the title of this episode. And uh, this one, I'm, I may talk more than you, Camille. Yes, that's true. This, is, this was Sean's idea for this episode, and he's passionate about this. So um, As are you, I'll, Camille. I'll probably have questions here or there as to you know, get clarification on what you're yeah, talking about so and stuff. Yeah, so you keep me grounded, because this may be a little heady. This may be a little uh, more meaty. But anyway, this uh, episode uh, comes to my mind because in conversations I have with various people, um, for example, a friend of ours that Camille and I both know, I was talking with her recently and uh, I was kind of just picking her brain about uh, where she was in her thinking religiously. And basically what she articulated was that um, she knows people who come from different perspectives, you know, whether they're Christian or Buddhist or, you know, any flavor of Christianity. And she said basically the bottom line in her mind was that so long as their particular religion or perspective made them nice and kind people, then that's great. It works for them, and so that's good for them. Now, this is a perspective that I think is probably fairly common, um, especially in more non-religious areas like New England, is kind of this attitude of, okay, all we need to do is have people love one another. And, you know, we may see these bumper stickers that say coexist and, you know, let's just all get along. And sometimes when we talk about uh, missional work in our missional communities, we give the impression that it's like kind of like a support group, that we're just trying to get people together, just share a bunch of ideas, and we're just trying to love each other. And so I guess that's kind of the underlying question I have is this, is that all there is? It's like we're just trying to get people to love each other. Um, is that the goal? Are we basically trying to make support groups that we're just trying to teach people to be nice to other people? Mm-hmm. So is that is that like is that it? Is that what we're trying to do? Is to get people to love each other? Is that? That's not all we're trying to do. It's not all we're trying to do, but I mean, certainly it's. I would propose the ultimate goal. Yep, definitely the ultimate goal. So. Um, I guess. So then my question would be, how do we get there? How do we get where? How do you make that happen? How do we make the, so, so. Uh, How do you make people love others? Now you think, oh, let's just love each other. That actually is, can be a very complicated (laughs) process when you think about people in your life who may get on your nerves, who may drive you nuts sometimes, who may push your buttons, uh, if you think about it in a broad 
aspect. Oh, loving each other. Oh yeah, let's do that. That sounds, yeah, yeah, it sounds great. It sounds easy. But then when you actually start thinking of those individuals in your life that can be hard to love, it's, it's not easy to do. You just can't like tell people, okay, snap your fingers and all of a sudden we all just start loving each other. Right. So how do you make that happen? How do you get there? I think it's a good, you know, it's a good starting point. It's a good foundational thought that we do want to keep it front and center that, um, that we, that's our goal. Now, again, we just can't snap our fingers. So I'm going to make a bold statement here, Camille. Okay. Are you ready for it? I'm usually ready for it. Okay. This is my bold statement. And that is Christianity is the only worldview that has the capacity to get people to that place of fully loving one another. So how so? Well, um, I would just say that Christianity is the only perspective, the only worldview, whether we're talking about Buddhism or Hinduism or Islam or atheism, that has love as its foundational principle. And where do you get that from? Where do I get what from? Well, that that concept of those different religions. Well, I mean, first of all, I would establish, and you know this, that um, kind of, I mean, the most well-known verse in all of the Bible states in John 3.16, what does it say? For, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay. So, that, I mean, so it's easy to establish about Christianity that... Uh, it has love as its foundational principle. Uh, I have not studied all other faiths meticulously, mm-hmm. uh, but I have gleaned enough from them, say, whether it's Islam, where its fo- foundational principle is um, submission. You know, I've read uh, parts of the Quran. I have uh, spent some time with Muslims, uh, interacting with them, and there's a lot of good things about Islam. Uh, but it does not have love or, you know, m- mercy or forgiveness as its fundamental foundational idea. Uh, I'd say the same for Hinduism, where, you know, kind of Hinduism and Buddha- Buddhism is kind of like a, a uh, child of Hinduism, where the goal there is to empty oneself through certain uh, acts so that a person might become completely one with some impersonal power and being. So um, so love is not the fundamental core foundational principle of, of these other faiths. And uh, even, um, you know, more humanistic perspectives like, you know, what we would call uh, things that, you know, maybe atheism or agnosticism or, you know, the hippie movement, um, I, 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 uh, performed a funeral, uh, an, a few years ago for a gentleman who was a Quaker and, uh, he had done a lot of really, really awesome things for people. And, um, everyone, you know, during the funeral, they would stand up and they would say, oh, what a great guy, you know, he was, and he just, he was involved with people who were in prison and he was doing this and doing that. And I remember distinctly his daughters came up to him. Uh, He had been married a few times. And they just said to me, we have no idea who this man is that they're talking about. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, he wasn't like that at home. And uh, I thought to myself, you know, that's a very interesting uh, observation 
that, you know, we can be nice if we're like these people who are, you know, into the new age hippie love. We can be nice uh, on the outside, but what are we doing when it comes to the relationships that are core to us? And uh, do we have a, a worldview that is able to make us loving both outside and inside, uh, you know, the walls of our homes? Yeah. And I think one of the things that I can think of um, that expresses how Christianity is, is I think you've probably talked about it before, Sean, but in Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, she says, getting to the place where you say, I am enough. But I think that through Christ is where we stand. So saying I am enough through Christ is kind of like the foundation, I believe, of Christianity. Yeah, and, you know, we were talking about this the other night um, where, you know, you and I were having a, a very heart-to-heart conversation about just some of the stresses of life, and I just said, you know, I'm repeating in my mind, I am enough after reading Brene Brown. Now, Brene Brown is a Christian. Uh, she's an Episcopal. Um, her rec- You know, she does a lot of research on shame and vulnerability, but her book, her books aren't, you know, explicitly Christian, but I think both of us kind of thought to ourselves, well, what do you mean I am enough? Who says that I am enough? Like, it's, it's one thing to keep telling yourself that, but at the end of the day, you have to like, what authority do you appeal to, to say, okay, that's true. Like, yeah. And I, I think this day and age, there's a lot of people who kind of go to that mindset of like, I am enough because I'm a woman or I am enough because I'm a man. I am enough because um, I'm this or I'm that. And they look inward towards themselves. Uh, but with Christianity, I feel like there's this peace and mm-hmm. this this love that comes with knowing that through Christ, you are enough. Mm. Um, Christ looks at us and he says, I love you just the way you are. Yeah. And there's, there's no other, and that is fundamental to Christianity, there is no other religion whose leader acts that way and has that that personality and character. You know, Buddha isn't like that. Uh, Muhammad is not like that. Any of the 330 million Hindu gods, and literally there are 330 that million Hindu gods. None of them have love as now. I've I've not met all 330 million Hindu gods. Uh, I use the term "met" uh, in air quotes. Uh, I'm not familiar with all of them, but but they do not have love as their fundamental core principle. Nor nor is it even, you know, a reality at all. In fact, in Hinduism, there is not even a personal God really. Um, so, at its core, Christianity is about uh, a God who loves and forgives and values us. So. I, I would just submit that it is only this realization that provides the motivational power to love without limits. So, you know, it's it's as we realize that. So it's as we come into uh, that understanding that we have the capacity to love more and more and more. So we are talking about trying to help one another love each other, but... It's only as we understand the truths of what what God, the God of Christianity, uh, purports that we are able to be free to love other people to the degree that we we are trying to 
to, to love others. Yeah, and it's not to say that every Christian is loving or that every person who is loving is a Christian. Yeah. That's not necessarily the case. Yeah, but certainly... Christianity uh, raises that love ceiling. Okay. So, like, it, you know, there's lots of people who are who are not Christians who are very kind-hearted and very uh, nice. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and we're not saying that only Christians are nice people uh, or all Christians are nice people. But on a fundamental level, um, we can't really go higher than what we understand to be true. So, so at the end of the day, um, you know, reading the Bible is, you know, about learning more and more about God's love so that we in turn can grow more and more in our capacity to love. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I do when I, when I read the Bible is that I'm trying to understand God's love more and more so that I can have my heart shaped in that and formed in that manner so that I can, you know, have that love flow out of me more and more. And uh, the reality is, as well, is that um, if I maintain that there is a God, which I do, um, I would... Uh, also maintain that he's a personal God. So other religions are uh, not necessarily as um, you know strong on that idea. And so if God is a person, then I would necessarily want to know more about him, who he is as a person. You know, it's like yeah. we're always learning more about each other. And, you know, what would you think, Camille, if I said, you know what? I just love you, but I don't really want to know anything more about you. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would make no sense whatsoever. And so uh, when we talk What's about... What's not to want to know about me? <laughs> that's right. So when we talk about truth, what we're talking about is a person. It's not just these, you know, random, you know, arbitrary facts that you know, we're having to memorize or having to learn. It's about a person. And so we want to learn more and more and more about that person uh, so that we can learn to love that person more and more and more and in turn love others more and more and more. And so I guess the big idea for me is that kind of at the core, we have this fundamental desire to know that we are loved and uh, know that there is a higher being that does in fact love us. And uh, a story I remember reading a few years ago about a woman who is an atheist actually. Um, and she was just recounting how for much of her life, she doesn't believe in God, but for much of her life, she uh, was always weighed down with this incredible and overwhelming feeling that she was racking up like all this debt towards others or someone else. And she, like every time she did something wrong, she was just like, oh, I feel like I'm a bad person. I feel like there's somebody watching me. I feel like I am, you know, have all of this wrong that I've done. And it just kind of reiterated in my mind that we all want relief from a you know from our guilt and shame 
And uh, simply telling ourselves that we're good enough, we're smart enough, and doggone it, people like us um, is not going to be able to convince us of that truth. There's, there needs to be an outside source that uh, we can hear that from, and I would submit that the God of the Bible is the one that does that. So again, we're just, we're just learning more and more and more about that God and his story as we uh, read the Bible and, you know, we explore truth. Love that. Yeah. So uh, practical advice. What do you have, Sean? Well, I would just invite people. So if you are a person who is a leader uh, of a missional community or you want to lead a missional community or you want to disciple people or you are, you know, somebody who already believes in the God of the Bible, uh, there's this cool resource that we can provide for you. Just if you want to email me, I'm uh, Brace at gmail.com. And it is called The Story of God. Camille, do you know anything about The Story of God? I do. It's um, it's like God 101. It's really neat. It's God 101, but not just like random facts about God, right? No, no, no. What is it? It's it's his story chronic- chronicled from the beginning. Okay, yeah. So it's like we recognize that uh, many people have kind of been turned away from faith because it's just a whole bunch of random doctrines and ideas, but we're involved in the story and where God is a person who has a story. And so it's basically just kind of looking at uh, the truths of scripture, but in story form. And all of us are kind of shaped uh, by story. We're all living stories, if you will. And so um, we could provide that for you. It's called the story of God. It's something that we've been doing, right, Camille? Yep with our missional community. And uh, if you are somebody who isn't uh, looking to lead others, but you also want to uh, learn the story of God, um, then please just reach out to me, seanbrace at gmail.com. And it kind of takes a bird's eye view of this whole narrative of scripture. And uh, so anyway, I think that's a really good way to introduce others who may not have as much understanding at all of the Bible. And it's also a uh, just a good way to, to, to uh, share, you know, the important ideas of God because he is a person, he has a story, and um, I think it's a really effective way. So reach out to us. Anything else, Camille, before we wrap up here? Nope. This has been Mission Lab. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast.